Thursday night time machine. Your boy's on the board, picking up steam. And we might have a barn burner tonight. I'm going 28 to 24. Oh! Panthers. Wow. So Cowboy Reed has known this for some time now. In, uh, Three minutes or so. Kept a lid on it. Good for him. <clears throat> I've got Young Wei Koo knocking through four PATs, 28-24 Atlanta Falcons. Woo. <laughs> Congratulations. You won. Congratulations. You won. <laughs> great minds almost think alike. Wow. It's, you, you know, it's young. I think there's a joke that I missed, but I think it's young Hoku. Yeah, that's how it's spelled, you American idiot. It's pronounced young Waku. <laughs> Do people fuck that up all the time? I'm yeah. not aware if that's a thing. Yeah. I fuck up names from time to time. No, everybody does that one. Young yeah, yeah. Way, if you want okay. to sound smart. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Thought I missed the joke. I guess I was the joke. Halloween. Making? Blow it out your ass, Chris. <laughs> I don't care for this holiday, not one bit. You really don't like Halloween? Mm-mm. When does Halloween fall? Like, I'm just treating this October whole October 31st. So what day is that of the week this week? I think that's uh, Saturday. Okay, so it's not really Halloween, but, you know, for the listeners, it's Friday morning. For us, it's Thursday afternoon. Uh, and Macon hates Halloween. He's got his hate on three days early. I was the Virginia Cavalier most years for Halloween. And then I don't know what year it was. I think it's one of these repressed, suppressed, suppressed. You just had the Mike Pence fly in your mouth. Bro, <laughs> keep a cleaner studio. You got food everywhere. <laughs> no you got hair that's been cut from a human body lying around. <laughs> that's your hair, dude. That's not my hair. And you got flies. And I don't even think that was a fly. That was a, at any rate, the bug Suppressed. that, that uh, it was a it was a airborne bug, so it's a fucking fly, dude. Flew out of your mouth. What's the difference between a suppressed memory and a re repressed memory? Maybe repressed Repress is not is a like, thing. I don't know, but suppressed is if you suppress something, you're pushing it down. Okay, so my sister, much older than me, uh, had me dress up as a a witch <laughs> on Halloween, and I didn't know that witches were only females. Generally. It's kind of like when I thought that all dogs were boys and all cats were girls. <laughs> you, that was a younger. You thought younger that at dude. one point? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was little. Well, but you then, still think really stupid shit like that Halloween sucks. Well, I was older when I was made to be a witch, and I'm sure there was just some sort of ridicule. How old? I don't remember. I don't How, know. Give me a range. I know what you're doing, but give me a range. 16, 17, 18? Yeah, I would say... Uh, Six or seven. Oh, you scared me. I thought it was going to be a 16, but six is still really bad. Yeah, I'm sure I got really made fun of, and that's when I started to hate the holiday. Holiday. Duly noted. I also Anything don't like you candy. hate stems from, like, you know, um, being bullied. And going to other people's houses, no thanks. Asking for stuff yeah. seems awful. Any sort of human interaction. I just remember, um, shout out to Drew Thomason. We used to hit his neighborhood. I know he's a friend of the program. Yeah. Uh, 
I remember we filled up trash bags so big, man. And I've been chasing that sugar buzz for going on 25 years now. I mean, the, the first sugar buzz you get is better than 2 a.m. drunk, 10 p.m. drunk, perfect marijuana buzz, sugar buzz. I've been chasing it my whole life. I'd take sobriety over all of those things. Uh, that's what makes you you, man. Thanks. Um, it is, uh, it's, it's candy corn season. S-Z-N, candy corn season. You know what I like is a good baked good. I wish I used a different descriptor before I started to say <laughs> baked good. But give me a loaf of pumpkin bread, man, over these, ugh. This, you got you to gotta pack a, a boogers over well, here. They're called boogers. They're candy. It's supposed to, it says it. What? Can you read that? Hold on. Box of boogers. Tangy gummy. I was doing that upside down. Tangy gummy boogies that look and feel real. I'm disturbed if you have boogers that look like those. That, that would be big. That would probably require some sort of outpatient. They thought it probably a step too far to include taste like the real thing. <laughs> you know? Kind of disgusting to think about people that eat boogers. You think adults do that? They do. I think they do. Really? I think probably one out of ten adults no. eats their boogers. No. It's disgusting to me. What do you think? It's like point or I would stick with the one and then of, go with a bigger bigger out one of one out of what? Ten thousand? One out of ten thousand? No, it's higher, dude. It's absolutely higher. I've caught people putting boogers in their mouth. Like, you've seen that on TV. Yeah, I guess I've just never, I don't. I, that's, I don't, yeah, it's out there, man. That's weird. It's out there, and it's fucking disturbing. Uh, speaking of boogers, my son, <laughs> I never thought I'd be able to get a, a segue out of talking about adults eating boogers, but my son, Waylon, who's uh, almost five years old, is celebrating Halloween, like most people on the planet tonight. Uh, and the rest of the week. Um, is he a and, witch? No, he's not a witch. We we give our kids choice when it comes to Halloween in this house. And he decided to be the Mucinex man from the commercials. Yes, the cartoonish booger that gets flushed down the airplane toilet. You can just tell he's going to be a cool human being Funny from, kid. That, from that choice. Funny kid. Yep. Yeah, so he's got a fat suit and a uh, Slimer mask from the motion picture Ghostbusters. You seen that movie? Actually, no. You have not seen Ghostbusters? No. Maybe we'll do a live watch or something on YouTube. That would no. be awesome. No, thanks. Speaking of YouTube, uh, hop over to our Chalk YouTube channel. Um, it is live and it has excerpts from this show. But it's it also... live? No, like it's on. It's fucking... The button is on, dude. Mm. Content is just hemorrhaging out of this site. Anyways, when you're on that channel, there's footage from last Halloween when this show was in its infancy with, uh, when it was a TV show. That's right. I remember that. Macon and I did like a Fear Factor Halloween thing. I was an astronaut and um, we had a good time. We had a fun show and that is live on the Chalk YouTube channel as we speak. Who was I? No, you're a good you friend. Were the, you were the remember. fucking uh, the guy from Ferris Bueller's Day Off with the Red Wings jersey. That's right, Cameron. Cameron, which you've been like every year or every day of your entire life, you've looked exactly like that motherfucker. So I guess I get it now. It was like kind of in protest of Halloween. You're just going to be yourself until 2020. <laughs> Listen, 
Now he's got a cowboy hat on for the listeners out there. Long hair. Matthew McConaughey, Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah, I wish I, I had the mustache from a couple months ago. You see, I still got I got a little growth here. Yeah. Yeah, you look good, man. You look good. Um, until your lovely wife, Kate, shuts that mustache down. I thought I was going to get out of the house without her seeing this today. Failed. I think you look great with it, man. I think you should keep it. But, you know, that's Kate's choice. It's certainly not yours. Real quick, uh, to run through the rest of the show, we are going to look ahead to the weekend real quick, mention a couple games. Then Kyle Long and Matt Slauson, former teammates, former Bears, uh, talk scariest athletes of all time. Get it? There's a Halloween tie in there. And we also are going to talk about our fears. Big men with, with big fears. Um, and that's okay. And then Macon and I, we had a pretty interesting conversation with a paranormal investigator earlier today. That we did. We certainly did. So you're going to want to stick around to the end to hear us grill the ghost dude as well. Real quick, you know, everybody's doing this thing. Um, we're not obligated to do it, but just get your ass out there and vote. Do what you got to do. There's only a little bit of time left. It's not like this will be the first place you've heard say it. Uh, but my, I can't have it on my conscience that we don't even mention it on this pod. Uh, it seems so obvious to me a year like this year, and I relax for a second. I'm like, I'm not talking about it enough on this pod. You know, deliver your mail-in ballot. It's probably too late, depending on where you are right now. Definitely too late. Definitely too late. Um, to mail it. Yeah, you can't mail it right now. Um, you saw what happened in Wisconsin. You know, people in PA as well have that on their minds. Uh, and uh, if you can, if you so choose, you could vote in person. Um, I'm encouraging everyone to vote. Listen, there was a guy in my mentions this week that was like, well, I know you people don't want us to vote for who we want to, but I'm like, well, why the fuck are you in my comments then, dude? Like, what? actually, I do want you to vote. I think every American should be voting, no matter if your opinion is dog shit or if it's the opinion of let's stop the bleeding. Um, also, I'd like to know if I need to move somewhere. That's funny. That's funny. Make since you're not going to be here for the uh, the nightcap with the, with the big boys. What uh, what about your scariest athletes, real quick? As I gobble this candy corn, goat scariest athlete for me is Randy Johnson. I I rolled in here today. You were wearing a Diamondbacks shirt. Shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, low key scariest was on your sweatpants. AI. Yeah. I mean, not in the way you think, just a stone-cold killer on the court. Yeah, under the radar. Yeah. Randy Johnson. Um, I was scared of baseball. I didn't want to get hit with the ball. Randy Johnson's like eight foot tall, throws it. If an intruder came in my house, I'm fucking dropping him, okay? Middle of the night, I've run through this bunch of ways in my head. You know, um, wrong house. You know, there's so many houses in my neighborhood you could break into. (laughs) I mean, mine would be the wrong one. But if I rounded the corner... Mine would probably be the right one. (laughs) (laughs) There's some older folks as well that probably don't... That's true. You wouldn't hear anything. You'd probably be able to get what you need to get and get get going. Yeah, I might be in the top half of Don't Break In. Yeah. Okay. Um, And I feel pretty good about my odds, but if I round the corner and there's a silhouette of somebody tall and slender, like eight feet tall down the hall, I'm running like a little bitch. 
I hate it when people like say tall uh, shadows. Oh, Randy Johnson. If Randy Johnson broke into my house, I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna give him everything in the house. And the long hair, the long stringy hair. It just freaks me out. Some sort of facial thing going Kinda on. Kind of like your thing. Yeah, a little. Whoa. You look like Randy Johnson. A little bit. Holy shit, you look like Randy Johnson. I don't like it when people say six foot tall, seven foot tall, eight foot tall, when it's not followed by a, a noun. Yeah. And I did that a minute ago, so I want to retract and say he's like eight feet tall. Yeah, he is eight feet tall. And he throws really hard. Um, no thanks, scary. Mike Tyson. Yeah, he should be on everybody's list. Lawrence Taylor, scary. Ball yeah. player, probably come up later. Uh, Serena Williams. Holy oh. shnikes. Yeah. I think a scariest athlete's like a a chill a second. Yeah. And Serena brings it. All the time. All the time. Ultimate competitor. She stare right through you. This might be a little too uh, easy, but overlooked. Michael Jordan, the GOAT, is a scary-ass athlete. If you're Scotty Burrell. For sure. Which is really scary. Uh, Richie Incognito for me. He ripped my shirt. Yeah, he did at a Kenny Chesney concert. That's and, the type of people you run into handles. at a Chesney concert, I guess. James Harrison, <laughs> Charles Oakley, Anthony <laughs> Mason. You're afraid of everybody. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's my list. All right. I want to shout out Steve Gleason, our dude, uh, for donating a jersey to my virtual event, our virtual event here at the Greenlight Pod, the Chris Long Foundation. Thanks again for making uh, co-hosting that joint. Steve volunteered to donate an item and that meant the world and he knows how i feel about him but i had to do it i was like i need one for the man cave too steve since we're doing the jerseys man um and so he sent me one as well and what a wonderful family and what an awesome dude love the guy love the guy so thank you steve shout out to you let's get in the the nfl that's what this is an nfl podcast is it? Yeah, sort of. It's a fusion. NFL fusion. You know, some days Pearl Jam, some days... Some days McConaughey. Well, he's coming up. Oh. Yeah, look at you right? with the leak. Hey. Wow. Hey. You got McConaughey. Oh, yeah. I got I got your your doppelganger. Mm-hmm. All right. I could have done There's three times, three but three I didn't. Times. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he's going to be next Wednesday for everybody that just heard that, that bomb dropped uh, by my esteemed co-host. That's a scoop from Making Gunter Only. When can I break that? Um, break, it, break it whenever you want, right? The games this weekend. Uh, I'm most excited about Pittsburgh-Baltimore. Best rivalry in football, would you say? I would not. How about Cowboys football team? Got to be two good teams lately. Uh, and Why does it have to be lately? Well, Cowboys and whom? Football team. Oh, Cowboys and the football team. No, there's... You can't call that a rivalry. You cannot call it a rivalry. My foot, you can't call that a rivalry. Not like this rivalry. This rivalry is synonymous with car accidents on the field. The cart is coming in and out until they <laughs> change the rules. It was like the cart ran out of gas at these games. The fucking cart, they had to gas it up between Ryan Clark and Troy Palomalu and fucking whoever else, Ed Reed, like Terrell Suggs. It's just a scary game, dude. It is a scary game. I have watched that division... Cincy, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh, not Cleveland, sorry. They've kind of been the odd man out. They've been the fourth wheel when it comes to this stuff. The car crashes on this field, on these fields when these guys play are just unbelievable. I think it's the best rivalry. It's very evenly matched. When I looked at the last like 
50 games or whatever. Also, 25th meeting uh, between Harbaugh and Tomlin. That is the most in the Super Bowl era. It speaks to the parity in the division to me. Like usually each division gets swallowed up by the one good coach. But also there is the coming and going thing like Harbaugh, if he was still in the NFC West, we'd probably be going on a bunch of meetings with him and Carol. If if Harbaugh wasn't insufferable to some, you know what I mean? Like the word is that he just rubs people wrong. Great football coach, he could have been there as long as he wanted. But this is like a real rivalry. And the game's huge for Baltimore because they haven't beaten anybody this year to me. And Pittsburgh has their number, so to speak, in the Lamar era. And it's a small sample size. And I'll get to that in a second. They have a chance to win this division for the third year running. And that's the first time in conference history that that would happen. So that tells you everything you need to know about this conference. And the clock is ticking for me for them to assert their dominance and for Lamar to put his foot down. I'm not putting the Ravens or Lamar on the clock. I'm just saying for you to be the top dog in that division, you better take advantage of this window right now because pretty soon you got to pay Lamar. And who knows what that means. You know, right now people talk about the weapons around him. You think he's gonna get more weapons around him when, you know, he's costing exponentially more money? Uh, You know how this thing goes. Hollywood Brown has a chance to be the first thousand yard receiver in Baltimore since 16, Mike Wallace. Um, So if you're waiting for them to add a premier wide receiver, maybe it happens before the deadline, but you know, we can't, talk about how awesome DaCosta has been and how sharp they've been on one side of the ball, but then be like, they're mishandling the offensive weaponry. Like, don't you think he knows what he's doing? Maybe he thinks it'd be a waste of resources because they're just gonna lean into the way they play football, right? The minute they try to be something they're not, you know, maybe it doesn't work. Or maybe they see the fact that it's working just fine. I mean, they're, they're, they're putting up 30 points a game. So yeah, it might be better for Lamar, but does it throw the balance of what they do off? You know. This is the second straight marquee game for Pittsburgh in two weeks. I think they're excited because if you look back, as I mentioned, Baltimore's two worst games, uh, and really one because one was an RG3 game, were f- versus Pitt's defense the last year and a half. One game, as I mentioned, RG3, I think it was when Big Ben sat. I could be wrong, though. Um, but when Lamar specifically faced Pittsburgh week five, 2019, he threw three picks. rating, he also took five sacks, okay? That's not great. Now, it could have been just a bad game, an aberration, but now he's got to face Ben, not like Landry Jones or whoever it would be. In 2019, it was Mason Rudolph, right? It's like been a carousel of interesting backup quarterbacks there. And so, here's the deal. I mean, like, there's going to be scoring on the other side of it. You know, Ben's going to be moving the ball. They're going to have to keep up. And uh, James Conner is going to be rushing for two points. So seven, you, you hope so. You know, like this reminds me of, and I'm not saying that if he struggles against Pittsburgh, that means Lamar's not this or that. Every quarterback has a bad matchup. I remember Russell in our division. You know, even the Super Bowl year, we used to get after his ass. Like he did not want to play us, and we were not a playoff team. Pittsburgh's a playoff team. Pittsburgh is an elite football team, and defensively, they've been you know top of the pile the last couple of years. Pittsburgh has to start fast like they had the last two weeks, 24 to 7, 24 to 7 consecutively. Had those leads. They get Watt back, and I'm talking about TJ, fullback. He could help them control the lead better that they didn't last week. Um, you know, kind of relaxed a little bit, you know, and, and Tennessee got back in the game. Because the Ravens got rolled against Kansas City and uh, Pittsburgh kind of 
looked dominant for 40, 40 minutes against the Titans. I think the Ravens are more on trial than the Steelers this week. Offensively, I like the matchup for the Steelers. I really do. Um, I know they've had some guys a little bit banged up. Me and Stanford Steve talked about that, but they're all looking to come back. Uh, you know, and you've got Juju, you've got Johnson, you've got Claypool, Ebron. Like, who do you take away? What do you have Humphreys doing? I think Ben's getting the ball out really fast this year. When I played, he was like the free sack guy, if you can get him down. Like, if you can get this fucking guy down, you could have three or four today. Of course, I didn't ever get to play him enough. Like, one time we played him, I felt like Charlie Batch was the quarterback, and we were like, damn. Well, if you just touch him, he crumples and, and find, tries to find a grassy knoll. Yeah, and but even when he was younger and, and more healthy and more of like a I'm-going-to-take-chances guy, he made you work for it outside the pocket when he was trying to make things happen. And now, though, you're right. I mean, it's a freebie. So he's getting the ball out. Um, the best he's ever been in his career with that. And it makes sense because they get a lot of yak, man. You watched him last week. Deontay Johnson is catching three-yard ends and getting 12 yards on third down. Um, and that's the way they're going to play. So I think that's really good when you're playing a team that bl- blitzes as much as Baltimore. You know, uh, Wink brings it more than anybody. Uh, and Ben's been picking apart blitzing teams. And, you know... My biggest worry for the Steelers is probably how they play without Devin Bush. I said this last week. That was not going to be an issue for them defensively, and it wasn't uh, against the Titans. See Spillane on the goal line. That's what was needed last week. Devin Bush, you need his range. You need his speed. If you're playing the Ravens, you need to be fast at the second level. That's why the Patriots struggled last week, if you, or last year against them. 37 points they gave up defensively. Rob Ninkovich talked about this. Pats are built like big guys on the second level. So when you get them running sideways and then you misdirect and come right back at them, like it throws off the whole rhythm of the ball game. So I worry about not being quite as rangy for them the second level. I think we'll see more of an adjustment than last week. And the thing that you're happy about if you're Pittsburgh is that if you're going to beat the Steelers, you have to pick on the corners, push the ball outside. And that's not really Lamar's thing. If you're the Steelers' defense, you know, you go from stopping one huge running back, one big-ass dude, to the three-headed monster. And that's a different rhythm. And I don't know which one, I mean... Which is tougher. I think it's tougher to play one damn good back than play three good backs. Because as a defender, you're, you're playing... It's one play at a time for you. You're used to getting different looks in practice in the scout team. You're, you're used to seeing different speeds, guys running things all different types of ways. There's no replicating D- Derrick Henry or Adrian Peterson in his prime or like, you know, if I'm playing three different guys and they're all seven out of 10, I feel pretty good about, you know, my pretty consistent fatigue level. Plus, it's like being a rhythm, like a shooter. The more shots you get, whether you're, you're a basketball player or a pass rusher, or I would guess a running back, to a different degree though because of the, the extreme fatigue over a season, you're gonna be in a rhythm. And so I don't know what it's like to be a running back to get two carries, one drive, sit, get cold for 10 minutes, then, the, you know. Yeah, but as a defensive end, you're seeing the same thing over again, over and over again mm-hmm. with Derrick Henry, getting into yep. a rhythm, but yep. you're not with this Baltimore attack. I think that makes a it's a bigger deal if, if a team is rotating a tackle. Okay. That is maddening when a team rotates tackles. I've only played like one or two teams that actually did it. Why don't more teams do it? Probably because there's usually a, a drop off. Not enough good tackles. 
Yeah, I really do think so. So, uh, seeing as Lamar doesn't play comeback, the key for me and the, the Steelers is, is starting fast, I mentioned. And that's a mystery, because here's a big deal. One team's coming off a 15-round fight, the Steelers, when they were supposed to be on their bye week at their kids' birthday parties and shit, and they're out there like slugging it out with Derrick Henry. They're literally supposed to be home. And coming off a, a game like that, you can sleepwalk. We used to, in the NFC West, I promise you, we weren't a good team, but we tracked it. Teams struggled the week after they played us because it was very physical. Well, a lot like Tennessee. And uh, you don't know how they're going to start, and you don't know how the Ravens are going to start coming off a bye. Um, teams can sleepwalk that way too. So pay attention early because what happens early really makes a huge difference in this game. You see what happens to Lamar and the Ravens when they're not up. Um, so I think it'll be fun. I like the Steelers, and uh, and I think they, they kind of regain dominance over that division. Ravens by 10. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Personal vendetta against the Steelers. Yeah, for me, I think it's going to go Steelers by like four. I didn't think they'd be this good, and they are, and I'm fighting it, fighting it hard. So Pats-Bills is, you know, a game on the surface that you're kind of like, we don't need to be force-fed any more Patriots, you know, TV spots this year. It's over, right? And, you know, you might be right the way Cam's played, and the roster's just not very good, right? So I was talking to Ryan Rosillo about this earlier this week. He, br he brought this up with the draft picks, and I agree with him. They haven't drafted well. And you don't realize until you look closely at them over the last 10 years how poor it's been. The roster's not great. And you had a bunch of COVID opt-outs. So, you know, there's a lot of reasons to look at the Pats and say, maybe this ain't their year. And the Bills, although they've stumbled out of the gates, or they've stumbled the past three weeks, rather, they were great out of the gates. Um, MVP talks for Josh Allen, you know, highlight real stuff, um, a bunch of momentum, Super Bowl talk. The last three weeks, they've kind of, they haven't really gotten well since that ass kicking against the Titans. Um, of course, they played the Titans and the Chiefs, and then, you know, the uh, they played the Jets last week. And almost, yeah, actually, they, they didn't cover. It's like a nine-point ball game. A little sweaty to be playing the Jets. Um, even with all that, the Bills are still trending up. And... This feels like a possible changing of the guard situation in the AFC East, the thing that's been on lock since Tom Brady was there. Well, he's gone, and in the midst of all that, Sean McDermott has quietly been building the, on it, the most honest um, NFL build in the last five years. They, this year, took a, a big step forward offensively. Now they have they've fallen off a little bit defensively, but this team is ready to take the next step. McDermott's 0-6 against the Pats. The Pats are wounded. Um, all the things I just mentioned about them, and you add to that, Julian Edelman is out now. You got him right where he won him, including the weather. You know, it's a struggling quarterback uh, in Cam Newton who's trying to get, get right. I know that there's all these stereotypes about New England like they love to play in the, the wind and the rain and all this stuff. I'm sure they do, but that was when there was Tom Brady. Now you've got a quarterback who's struggling to find a grip on the football and throw it, you know, even to the right side of the field because I don't think he's I don't think he's right physically. I'm not sure he was ever right physically and he hadn't played well this year. So I don't know if the wind and the rain is like what it seems to be on the surface, a New England day. That's what we're so used to hearing. It's just not the same team. The quarterback's different, and the situation this quarterback is in as a 30-plus-year-old guy 
who the Patriots took a shot on is not in the same situation of continuity, health, the weapons around him aren't great. The, the wind and the rain aren't the Patriots' friends this week, especially for a team that's turned the ball over a bunch. So even though on the surface it looks like kind of a New England day up there, I don't think they can get it done. I think the Bills have to realize the gravity of the situation. They have to attack. You know, you got somebody cornered, wounded, you got to attack. And that's, you know, a really old football analogy, but usually it's used in games. Over the course of a season, over the course of this, you know, this 15, 20 year period where the Bills have had, you know, love taps, jabs, they've kind of wrapped at the door, but they haven't fucking knocked the door down. And, you know, getting Sean McDermott's first win tomorrow would kill the Pats this year and would signal, and I'm not being sensationalist, I have not done the Pats are over tweet once. I haven't done the Pats are over take once, but like they're going to have to start over if the Bills kick the door down this Sunday and get McDermott's first win because they're going to make it really hard for them to climb back out of this if, uh, if New England com- continues to play the same way. Here's one of the hardest things for New England. They're not going to be able to throw the ball, right? And as bad as the Bills' defense has been, again, I've said this before, if you'd have told me the Bills would be this good offensively in 2020, I'd have said they're a Super Bowl team. Uh, so for some reason, they, they flipped identities so quickly with it, within a calendar year, offense to defense, defense to offense. That rarely happens in the NFL. It's happened to this team. Even as bad as that defense has been, average as that defense has been, underwhelming, Cam's not playing well. This team's going to have to move the ball down the field with almost runs exclusively because of the weather. And then they're going to have to score in the red zone, which they've been bad at. And they're going to have to not turn the ball over, which they've been bad at. So, like, I know that there's a lot of, like, oh, shit, why would we take the, the Bills this weekend? It's the classic trap for people that say the Pats are, are done. Yes, that trap has been laid many times over the last 10 years. They truly are on the brink of starting over. Not at coach. Well, some of you motherfuckers just don't think. When I say they're, they're at the verge of starting over, it's starting over with an unknown at quarterback. I don't think we realized how much of an unknown Cam was coming in this year, and we thought, oh, the Pats aren't going to have to really do the honest rebuild thing. You know, it's godsend. They got Cam. Bill's so smart. He waited everybody out. I don't think he's healthy. So if the Bills win this one, they're in control in the AFC East, and they kick the Pats down a peg. I could see the Pats scoring 17, 20 points, but I think the Bills uh, pull away at some point uh, later in the game. And if Cam stinks it up, I think, you know, you could look at it and say, well, you know, he's finally getting getting right coming off COVID. The rain had an effect. Um, it could be the weapons, uh, you know, and these things could all be valid excuses, part and parcel, but like, I don't think he's healthy. I'll just put it that way. Um, and it'll be up to them because they know if he's healthy or not. They know like what's going on. Is it is it something mental? Is it something, is it the weaponry? Is it, I don't know. They know. And in a week, if he doesn't play well Sunday, I think they're going to have an interesting decision to make. You know, we saw Stidham in the game. You could look at the Jets next week in primetime, and I would if I were the Pats. You have nothing to lose doing this. If, if Cam stinks it up this Sunday, they're going to play the Jets next week. There is no harm in continuing to give Cam a shot. Give him one 
dry ball situation a week further away from COVID and see if this is an acute injury, if it's just a little trend, or if this is who he's going to be this year and maybe unfortunately going forward because of attrition and that sort of thing. I think you could look at it as give him one more shot against the Jets, but I think you could also look at it as this Jared Stidham kid, if we think we have something, he's thrown three picks in 23 uh, attempts, maybe give him a little confidence. If we're going to make this change at some, at some point this year, maybe we do that walking into a cupcake. But the Jets or no cupcake if you're the Patriots right now. And I know Bill, he's going to be extremely cut and dry and do whatever it takes to beat the Jets. That's just what I believe. I'm not saying like, I know what the fuck Bill's thinking, but I've been in the locker room and I've been there during Jets week. He takes that shit seriously. So I think whatever, whatever they have to do to beat the Jets, the big picture stuff is going to be out the window. He's not losing to the fucking Jets, Okay. So if he thinks Cam Newton's going to give him the best shot and by virtue of rolling the ball out there, you can see if he's, he's done or not, give him one more week, I think he's going to do that. If he thinks Jared Stidham's a better option, that's what he's going to go with. The bottom could fall out pretty good if they lose Sunday. And I, I hate saying that again. I haven't, I haven't done this a hundred times. It's the first time I've done it. So not just changing the guard in the AFC East, also maybe changing the guard when it comes to big athletic quarterbacks. Two other games I'm really excited about seeing, San Francisco, Seattle. First off, Tyler Lockett is, I can't believe the fact that most people probably wouldn't recognize him, but it's true. Like you put his picture up in a room full of 100 football fans, how many do you think get it right? He's just underappreciated. That's all I wanted to say about that team. As far as the game's concerned, I think uh, Seattle wins by a touchdown, and I think Russell gets right. What happened last week is, is an anomaly. So yeah, give me the Seahawks there. And the Rams game is going to be fun, man. The Rams-Dolphins game, I mean, from a uni standpoint, make it's, it's primo. You get to see Tua. You get to see t- two of the best defensive players in football, without a doubt in my mind. Um, and you know what? The Dolphins have been a low-key good team. I think the Dolphins aren't talked about enough. I think people are starting to catch up. And the Rams have had like a little bit of an inflation of like win value issue. Remember, you know, the Rams who do definitely look like a sequel to 2020 just with like different pieces and actors. And actually I think they're pulling the sequel thing off pretty good. But they've only be, they've made a reputation kind of I think sometimes week 1 we overly wait a victory and we don't know who the team or the teams that we're looking at are. We thought the Cowboys were like, "Hey, they're contenders." Even though we've been getting hit in the face with this thing every year. Cowboys are contenders. Rams aren't going to be as good, which I said I kind of thought the same thing. Uh, I was questioning the Rams coming in the season and they get a win and then they rip off the entire NFC East and we're like, oh, these guys are good. But they've, uh, they've struggled in a couple spots and I- I'm interested to see who they are. I think uh, we'll find out a little bit more about both of these teams Sunday and that'll be a fun one. I'll probably watch that one on the side TV. As far as Chiefs Jets, um, listen, one thing to look at, again, for not only the Liberty Cuckolds, my team, uh, fantasy team, but also like for Chiefs fans and fans of the NFL, how are they going to use Le'Veon Bell? Last week, he got plenty of touches in the second half. He racked up a lot of his yards outside the tackle box. So I think that kind of confirms he's going to be more the bouncing guy, I, I would hope, for my team, for my fantasy team, because I have Clyde Edwards, Elair, and Clyde is going to be the downhill guy. 
a little thunder and lightning. Although it's funny that the guy who's more slight and uh, kind of straining to look up and hear the call in the in the huddle is the the really powerful guy, the guy running between the tackles, Clyde. Um, so hopefully there's enough touches to go around for those guys. I once lost the Jets forty-seven nothing. Just popped up in my head while I was uh, considering how ugly this game could get. I think it was forty-seven nothing. Brett Favre Jets in New York, one of the most miserable days of my football career, and that's really saying something. The season is in full swing, and the action is still unfolding, so head over to DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. With so many storylines across both professional and collegiate sports, this is the time to check out all that DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer. If you haven't tried the app yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. To celebrate the showdown in Happy Valley, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when placing a bet on either Ohio State or Penn State. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code GREENLIGHT when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick either Penn State or Ohio State, bet $1 on them, and cash $100 if they win. That's right, $1 to win $100 when you use promo code GREENLIGHT during sign-up. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of first deposit bonus and first bet match. Each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right. Well, without further ado, let's uh, let's get Kyle and Matt Slauson on to talk about fears and uh, the scariest athletes of all time. I know about the podcast. I just give me the name of it. It's you and Woodhead, right? Yeah. It's called Out of Nowhere. Out of Nowhere. I fucking love it. You guys are... You guys, the reputation precedes you, Slauson. You know, I appreciate that. And it's we- a rare combination of a, a skilled player uh, and an O-lineman, too, which is really cool. That's when it works the best. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just two two try-hard white guys that just should have <laughs> ne- 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 never been. Uh, and that's why why we named it Out of no- Nowhere, because... Uh, ah. uh you know, just if you look at if you look at anybody's story, I mean, you you two uh, obviously, you know, the descendants of out of Howie's of, ball sack. Yeah, the, the descendants of Howie. So um, <laughs> you you would think that, uh, you know, the NFL would be like laid at your feet. But yeah. if you still think about all the things you had to go through to still get there and then have success there. Yeah. It's still out of nowhere. I feel bad for young guys now because they come into locker rooms by virtue of like the new CBA and the way contracts are structured and just the culture of we're trying to get the old guys the fuck out of here. I feel yeah, bad right. for the young guys. How now. disgusting is that? I am, I'm disgusted. I mean, <laughs> when when you watch football, the quality of football that's being played right right now and and the thing is, the majority of fans don't don't know any different because to them, football is football. I mean, people are scoring, people are stopping them from scoring. It all looks the same. But if you if you really know what you're looking at, it is atrocious when you watch. <laughs> I mean, there is no gap integrity. There is no zone stepping. No. I mean, there. It's it's just superior athletes playing playing quarterback, and they're playing sand. Sand, sandlot ball out there against guys just blowing coverages left and right. Okay, oh, yeah. yeah, sure. That that makes it sweet. 
to toss an 80-yard bomb, but it's not good football. It also makes fantasy owners happy and makes the game yeah. money because the defense is just atrocious. The record setting – I mean, like you would think coming out of uh, – I don't know, you guys are row linemen, so maybe you could tell me. But I would have thought coming out that offenses um, – would, would have be had terrible. trouble, right? With no yeah. practices and shit like that. Absolutely. That is exactly my assumption. I thought that defense was going to be shining all year because as as we know how spring ball goes and how training camp goes, defense is destroying the offense Dominant. every step of the way because the offense is installing thousands of plays. They can't find find a rhythm until, you know, three quarters of the way through through camp. So the defense is just kicking their tails in every day. Yeah. And as an offensive player, you're like, gosh, this is horrible. That's how I remember we're gonna, training camp. We're gonna, yeah. But so, so I was thinking with, with no spring ball, no training camp, uh, when the season began, offenses were going to look terrible and defenses were, were going to look stel- stellar. And it's the exact opposite. I don't know why. Yeah, I have no idea either. The reason I'm having you guys on is uh, to talk about topical Halloween shit because I'm so tired of talking about like X's and O's at this point in the week. Uh, so I figured we'd run down our scariest athletes of all time, people that scare the shit out of you, uh, and then we'll go through our fears. We're all big men, you know? We're down some LBs since we played, but we have very real real feelings and fears, right? Mm-hmm. I heard Kyle, Kyle, you went hiking recently and you didn't like the heights very much. Absolutely natural. I, I, yeah, I took a hike with Tom. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to Tom. My buddy Tom, and he was like, "Come on out of here, man!" And I was like, "Fuck that, dude!" I crawled like <laughs> crawled across the rocks. I like a cat when a cat doesn't want to be picked up. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> he supposedly got stiff. So it's funny because Kyle's one of the biggest, baddest dudes, but he doesn't like heights. So we'll get to that in a little bit. I got plenty. My list is long. <laughs> All right, so like scary athletes, I guess like if you're putting this list together, you know. There's different types of fear. There's different types of fear. There's definitely like the very, you know, straightforward Mike Tyson will eat your face. Like mm-hmm. physically can beat you up. Literally. Like Literally you just know Mike, Mike Tyson can beat you up. He is the beginning of every, you know, or the end of every, would you rather like get run over by an 18-wheeler <laughs> or get punched once by Mike Tyson? Like you could just substitute anything in there. Mike Tyson could fill the whole list. You know, fighters, we'll talk about them. But let's start with, like, football, you know, because you guys play with some scary motherfuckers. Who made the list that you played with? I got a feeling. Slaw, go ahead. You know, you almost have to take it uh, in, like, what what part of my career I was in because, uh, you know, when when I came in into the league – Haloti not not a terrified me. He he was my very first start. That was him in his prime. Just I mean, three hundred and forty pound Polynesian dude that runs like a dang deer, and one of the strongest human beings ever. The great thing is he didn't always know he was one of the strongest human beings ever. It's like he forgot occasionally, uh, which which was help helpful to me every time I I had to play him, um, but. You know, Vin, Vince Wilfork was in his prime when I when when I came came in. You know, then you know he played you know forty seven years. So the, yeah, so the exactly. last 
the last 35 of that, he wasn't quite the same Vince. But um, now in that time, you know, 2010, 11, 12, that dude was so scary. And then you got G- Gino Ag- Adkins. Oh, yeah, Gino's I mean, scary, yeah. I mean, Gino's uh, scary because he's so surgical. I'm not afraid to get, like, necessarily like beat up by Gino, but you could get beat every play by him in a different way. That's why I had him on my list. Yeah, I I played with Elodi and then we he did Killy too. And he we called him the God Emperor. I mean he's just he's just luckily he's a benevolent God. That's what we said. Yeah. Because he doesn't choose to just abuse his the brute strength and the sheer force that he's he was born great, with. God. He's one of the sweetest people of all time. But yeah. if he's pissed off and I've seen it Get the fuck out of the way, dude. So Haloti definitely would make the list. He's on the list for sure for me. When I took my visit to Oregon for their spring game, he was there with his young family, and he was as wide as like a Japanese pickup truck. And and he was standing there in like jeans and like a waffle Nike shirt, and I was like, that's the biggest man ever. Who is that? And somebody was like, that's Haloti Nada, bro. Mm -hmm. I'd never seen him not in pads, but... Oh, no, the pads uh, aren't much of the profile. The p- pads are like 5% of the profile. I would be yeah. remiss if I didn't say Ndamukong Sue is oh, somebody yeah. that incited a lot of fear in me my rookie year. Yeah. Uh, playing them twice a year, knowing that I was brought in because this guy has abused our quarterback for years and years and years. They brought Slauson in for the same reason. Um, he was a guy that... I honestly brought my iPad home that week and looked at film and yeah. <laughs> some week I was afraid to get embarrassed. And he, he bull rushed me my, my rookie year in Detroit. I was, uh, and, and Jay got flushed, I think from a, a edge rush on the left side and Sue bull rushed me. And I tried to hip toss him out. And he threw him. I remember this. Oh. The, and he just, I did everything a man could do to physically combat Ndamukong Sue, and he still got the sack. He tried all the things, dude. Yeah. I did everything. Now, now Kyle, Kyle isn't going to talk about this uh, because he's a humble man, I'm assuming, on this show. In real life, he's not so so <laughs> humble. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, yeah, that that first first game, yeah. your first time playing Sue, I, I remember it was rough. Uh, and, you know, I was college teammates with Sue and me and Sue are not not friends, not mm-hmm. even close to friends. Um Oh. We we do not like each other in the least. But Sue Sue was never a guy that really terrified me. I can see how he would terrify you because for one, you were right guard, and in that point of, of, of his career, he exclusively played over the right guard. You had uh, Nick Fairley, which was no. Yeah, and and I actually had a tougher time every time I had to block Fairley than the times I had to block Sue, uh, which is weird because Sue is a million times the player fairly ever was. Yeah. Uh, styles make fights. Yeah, <laughs> but he's fucking scary. I'll give him this. He gives no quarter. Like yeah. he's just he just doesn't take shit off anybody. He's a guy that doesn't forget how strong he is. No, like, no, no, he knows he, definitely he knows he's strong. But like two hand ear pointed Tom Brady almost through the earth. I was like Bro, well, no, it was Aaron. When he ran through Aaron Rodgers, bro, it's a great point. It has never in my fucking life occurred to me that I could just push somebody on a football field and knock them down. I have to, like, hold on. 
I have had to scratch and claw for every sack. I am a, an above average athlete and not a strong man. And Dominican fucking Sue, bro, he, he dropped Aaron Rodgers like he was, a, like he was playing with a toddler. Or like he was mm-hmm. the toddler playing with the smaller toddler. Like the like the toy, like the football dummy with the sand in the bottom that hits the ground. Yes, and he just knocked him down like one of those dummies. Yeah. And he took it for yeah. granted. He was just like, fuck this guy. I'm just like, fuck yeah. this guy. And, uh, uh, you know, so back to what I was saying about Kyle wouldn't say this. That first game was tough. And I remember watching this game going, you know, I know Kyle's a freak, but... I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. And that and that next game, the one at home, Kyle did one of the most amazing things I have ever seen. He he took a set. Sue Sue came with the bull rush and they tried to do the jerk uh the jerk pull mm-hmm. pull deal. And Kyle had one hand in his chest and just lifted him from his feet and just ran him right off the screen. It was pass protection. Generally, you stay in your in your three yard box. Me like eight yards. I remember that. Okay, but you also ran him twenty yards. But I also I remember this whole thing because I remember like Batman Superman fight. Like concrete pillars were being busted and shit. Yeah. Hey, listen. I have no doubt that you have the physicality to match up with Sue and the aggression to match up with Sue. He does it, but but aggression works against you sometimes as an offensive lineman. And so if you guys both go in there throwing fucking movie haymakers, guess who gets the benefit of it eventually? Me. I'll give you a guy. So so sometimes what we want to do is make you do that. You know what I mean? And that's that's and I remember your rookie year because we call I called dad. I used to always be like, How Kyle play, how Kyle play. And he was like, after that game, he was like, Sue got after him a little bit. You know, it it was it was tough game. And then I called the next time, he's like, he got after Sue. Like you know, yeah, like the whole was, voice it was, it was and, and that's a big step up right there. How about, yeah. let's talk about a guy I played with, Aaron Donald. Oh, my gosh. Slosser, guy. what did I tell you when, tell Chris what I told, remember our conversation? Yeah. Me? Oh, dude, I think every time I watch the Rams play, I think about that conversation every time. Kyle and I were debating on whether or not Aaron Donald was the absolute best. And was this his senior year at Pitt? No, no, no. <laughs> it was like his rookie year. I'm joking, I'm joking. Yeah. We just knew so fucking fast. It it was his rookie year, and you know, the whole world is just blowing the guy, just talking about how amazing he is, and <laughs> everybody's got the massage oils out and the candles lit, just rubbing him oh, down. Yeah. Uh-huh. And and of course, Kyle being the media darling he is, he he instantly jumps on board with that and it's yeah. like dude aaron donald is the best best in the league the best. and and i, I was so that he was really fucking good and i was so mad i wasn't Slauson, i said i said a weekend i said this kid's going to the hall of fame bro all right I, i'm on record I'm on, I'm on i'm on i'm on record saying it listen this motherfucker came in and was throwing people around like he was a fucking bouncer and everybody was drunk <laughs> And he was just kicking people out of the club that have been playing yeah. professional football for a fucking decade. Okay. Right. And then I would, with my little overachieving little uh, ass, <laughs> go in to try to watch film at nine o'clock at night when everybody was home in camp and the room was always empty. And he used to scare the shit out of me because I opened the door and this fucking rookie's in there. 
and he's watching yeah. film at nine at night. And I'm saying, my God, like the NFL has a problem. This kid is that good on the field, that hardworking, that mean. I've seen him rip a guy's face mask off and beat him with it. Like he turned the guy into Chuck Bednarik. Just ripped it off, and the guy was running around like it was 1940. All right, <laughs> and then beat him with it, and then to see him in the film room, I'm like, this guy has it all, dude. Forever, he's gonna play forever. He could, but but as soon as Kyle said that, I got so mad, and I wasn't disputing that he was good. I was so mad that you. You, Kyle, we're just believing whatever the hell Chris Collinsworth was saying. <laughs> that bothered me because it's like, look, you haven't played him yet. I haven't played him yet. I don't know how 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 good he is. And then we played against him a couple weeks out for that. <laughs> and, of course, I had to play center in that game. Uh, so so that was sweet. Uh, and <laughs> And I remember coming out of that game going, Kyle, He's pretty fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> He's unbelievable. Dude, he, how about, yeah, snap the ball and block Aaron Donald. He is just, yeah. he, and the thing that makes him, listen, physically, he's the perfect combination of leverage and quickness and length because he has the length of somebody who's taller, but the leverage of somebody who's shorter. Yeah. But I think what, and that's why I think they overvalue height at D-tackle. Yes. But, yeah, but here's what separates him. His work ethic's great. There's other hard workers. This is the meanest motherfucker on a football field. This guy takes no shit from anybody. Wouldn't take shit from the devil, dude. This guy is like, you want him in the alley with you. He's on my Mount Rushmore of people you want in the alley with you. And, yeah, you know, I didn't that's, really know that about him. I uh, didn't realize that he was like that, Chris, because, I mean, there's not many people where it's like, you're not fucking with this guy. And the, my, I have a very short list of people that I will reference that are like that. Akeem Hicks being one of them. Yeah. But, but that makes sense. The guy's yeah. as big as a door. Yeah. Like, but I, I can't, I can't really fathom him. Just, I mean, yeah, it, it, makes sense. it is weird. Dominant, but it is, it is weird when you watch him because when he's completely destroying every offensive lineman he's against, he does it so effortlessly yep. that it that it looks elegant and he and he's so like calm and poised. That's the that, martial artist technician thing he's got going. Yeah, he 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 doesn't carry himself oh, like an not. like an Indomitian Sue does. Yeah. Who Sue walks around like, yeah, I'm a bad mofo here. Yeah. No nobody better get in my way. Yeah. Aaron doesn't carry himself like that. No. So so it's surprising. No, 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 here, no you're I mean, absolutely right. He is. He's very humble, very like chill. Here's one for you guys. <laughs> Offensive guard here. Just his head too. Steve Hutchinson. Steve yeah. Hutchinson's head is the size of a watermelon. I mean, he was a bad motherfucker on the field, but he was he was giving out CTE, bro. With <sighs> like like there's going to be a class the next class action lawsuit is going to be every three technique that that played or overlapped with him. It's just gonna sue Steve Hutchinson's head. Hutch was a badass for a very long time. I, I didn't play against him because obviously I'm on the offensive line, but you said multiple times that he was just an animal. Dude, he was such a dog. He's such a great player. But I just remember when he was in Minnesota, they kicked me in, in down inside or something for this one play, and there was like just a draw, like just a hinge set. 
and I was just trying to do the headbutt shock and like, yeah, because I'm not that strong. All right, like headbutt and then try to lock him out. And I damn near got a concussion from just running into his still dome. Like it wasn't like he blocked out on me. So this dude is—he's a legend. You know you got some serious clout as a guard when you can have built in your contract that anytime any other guard signs a new deal to be the highest paid guard in the league, his deal automatically jumps. Them. Oh, that's dope. He had that in his deal. He he had to be the highest paid guard in the league for whatever stretch of time it was. It was the most asinine thing I've ever seen in my life. I, I, do that. I know I do that in my company here, in my media company. Uh, I like yeah. the way you think. You like, the, do you like that, Kyle? I like the way you think. Cowboy Reed. You should, <laughs> Cowboy, um, Reed Cowboy Reed. Uh, Jalen Ramsey. Huh. Okay, Jalen Ramsey, huh? For various reasons. Oh, God. Okay. Anybody else in football? I, I, I can't talk about defensive backs. I, I, I can't picture a defensive back being being scary to me yeah not off the field not off the field like there are some guys that like brian dawkins could decapitate you so i could imagine if i had the ball he would scare me you know what i mean yeah if i had to catch the football i mean i will say i i never played a skill skill position but just watching running backs and tight ends and receivers get tight tackled that is nightmare stuff to me as offensive linemen we're so protective over our knees and ankles anytime we get a little like little gnat that lands on our knee we're instantly bailing out like oh my god bailing and rolling yeah so so when i see some of these guys taking shots i'm like i want no part of that keep the ball i never want to touch the ball if i do have to touch it i'm taking a dive now because nobody can touch my knees it's a totally different kind of contact it's more passive we're used to initiating the contact and i'm totally with you dude some of those hits just look like ugh. once you've hyperextended your knee or like had a tibial plateau fracture i had one of those it's where the tibia and like the whatever like fucking band yeah. together and i thought like you just think about it every time you think about your knee hyperextending and every time somebody smacks somebody's fucking leg out from under them, I think of that feeling. Fighters, man. Let's go, I, I'm going to go fighters. Uh, I got Mike Tyson, obviously. Um, anybody with cauliflower ears? John Bones Jones. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The guy, I mean, he's just so confident. That's like and he the only be. guy I'm like, well, there's a lot of people I wouldn't want to fight, but he's definitely on the fucking list of people I don't want to see. no chance. No chance. Like, He's just way too casual about kicking people's asses. That's the problem about like John Bones Jones doesn't have to raise his voice. That's yeah. that's what I think what's really cool about him. He just plays it cool and then he fucking beats the shit out of people. Or when he was like super hyped up, Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I was about to say I I had the the good fortune of going to Vegas to see UFC 100. Brock Lesnar versus Frank Mir. And that was when, you know, Mir was ultimate badass submission yeah. champ and, you know, heavyweight champ, all that. Brock Lesnar beat him in about 30 seconds, just threw him on the ground and went straight hammer fist to his face. And what, what year was that? That was 2009. I um, that fight. Yeah, that was like like July of 2009. It was it was sick. Just straight ham. First knife tattoo on the chest. That I oh remember. yeah, yeah. He's got the the sword in his chest, and that shit hurts and, too. And when he interviewed him after the after the fight, um, 
they asked him what, what he was going to do. He said, I'm going to go home and drink a bunch of Coors Light because Bud Light won't pay me shit. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'm a fan of this guy. That's amazing. <laughs> also, Coors Light is really good. I don't yeah. care what anybody says. Coors. He was, uh, he was a really good wrestler, too, which automatically makes automatically. him Automatically. Automatically. So, so from the previous list, I'm going to put Mike Daniels on the list, too. because Oh, was- Mike Daniels is a wrestler, was a wrestler. Believe me, he was because I've seen some of his fucking moves, and that guy knows what he's doing. Also, a really yeah. cool guy, great guy, like all time cool guy, as far as I'm concerned. Um, also, did don't sell yourself short here, Slauson. You you could do uh, maybe be an enforcer with a leather cut off tank. You know what do they call those things in in you know the Mayans, the biker yeah. gangs? Yeah, yeah, the. Uh, uh... Well, well, they call them cuts, but cuts, uh, cuts. but but they're just leather vests. Oh, leather yeah. vests. I've never I've never had to refer to a leather vest before. And Kyle, you you got the whole like um, have you? Okay, Slauson. I sometimes refer to him as the guy in Indiana Jones who got backed into the pr- propeller. He was the just big, scary, oh, the biggest yeah. meatball the Nazis could throw at Indiana Jones, and he just <laughs> yeah. he just backed him right into the fucking propeller. You guys are yeah. both scary in your own ways. Oh, we had me and Slauson had some fun times together when we were violent, dangerous gentlemen on the field. Being in the huddle with Slauson just felt like, you know, it just felt good. I knew that it was like that Timberlake song. It's like you're my mirror. Like I could look across. Oh, you're his mirror. He's, and he shows up in his cut at your I house. I come back to the huddle and I don't have to be like, what did you guys do? Because we were getting 15 yards of freaking carry. Matt Forte, total stud. Shout out Matt Forte. Oh, Matt way. Forte is yeah. a man. Also, Fedor, 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 remember him? No, I don't think you say it like Fedor because I was looking at YouTube's of him earlier. I've been walking around calling him Fedor for two decades I now. To him. I sat next to him at the uh, at the fight that we went to. I forget who fought in uh, Chicago, but I sat next to him. Long story short, really cool guy, total. Like when you think of a Russian hitman, this is exactly what That's he looks. That's the thing, dude. And his nose was completely flattened. His face—it looked like he's had his ass kicked, but he's kicked their ass way worse a million times. I tried to wick. I Wikipedia'd him today when I was thinking about this to see. I knew there was something in there about his personal life. There's nothing on this guy. That's what makes him so scary. It's just like his personal life is like born this date and then it's like 1997 he he received the certification of quote master of sports end quote in judo and sambo in russia there's a certification called master of sports huh khabib is scary but the guy who first figured out you could wrestle bears i don't know what his name is but he is in fighting oh really i don't remember him well as a child khabib wrestled bears did he really? What? what kind of training is that? He just go out to the woods and find a bear to go no, wrestle? No, 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 it's no, 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 a no. hobby in Russia, dude. They're not feral bears. I guess they're feral bear cubs. He was wrestling bear cubs, and they're doing jujitsu. They're snaking hands. They're rolling around, working on. I'm telling oh, you, jujitsu cubs. The cubs yeah. know uh, martial arts. <laughs> 
He's scary. And his his little hat, his little furry hat is badass, bro. Yeah, it is badass. I love those. You know, I need to I need to take it back back for a second here. I'm gonna tell a quick story. Uh my last year playing, I got brought in to the Colts to to kind of be uh you know, a certain type of guy. I'm, I'm, I mean, to kind of water it down, I was brought there to be an asshole. Yeah. I was, I was brought there to be a dick because that offensive line was full of very capable offensive linemen, very good athletes, good players. They had no idea how to be a dick. Yeah. So that's, that's why I got brought there. And, and every game I was looking for opportunities to be a dick. I would just throw the nastiest, unnecessary cut blocks every game. So that way these, <laughs> these guys would start to see like, oh, okay, I, I don't have to be like a nice guy. I don't have to just – I I mean, yes, I'm playing within the rules, but I'm getting into that gray area of like this is unnecessary, but it's also sending sending a message, and not only sending a message to the guy I'm playing against, but sending a message to the guy that's that's watching me on film and the next guy that's watching me on film. Well, Chris, the last time I played against you yeah. in Philly, yeah. uh, you know, the beginning of that game wasn't going great, great for us, and our offensive line coach. Uh, when we were off the field, he he came over to me and he goes, "All right, Slaw, now is the time. I need some of that douchebag stuff." Yeah. And I looked at him right in his face. I go, "That's Fletcher Cox over there. I ain't doing any douchebag stuff." Yeah, you're damn right. There will be no douchebag stuff happening. To be honest, Coach, I'm doing everything in my power to not cry in frustration <laughs> because this guy is so good. He's so good. And, and then every time Chris come, comes, comes along on like a twist, like, I don't know what Chris am I going to get here? Am I going to get the, Hey, what's up? Slaw twist. Or am I going to get the fuck you slaw twist? <laughs> yeah. You know what? Cause in that game I was mad cause Andrew Luck ran away from me and it, I felt yeah. so slow. I dropped him. <laughs> I dropped in the hole. And, 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 and luck gave me a little, like a shoulder and went straight to the sideline. And I got teased for a week in the building. I was so fucking mad that entire game and it was raining and shit. And you guys were winning at first. You, I think you were winning at first. Uh, well, well, the beginning wasn't going well because yeah. I remember Cox absolutely trucked me. Yeah. Uh, so bad and threw me into luck. I missed the uh, sack early. Yeah. Uh, I hate that. Um, so, so then, uh, so then we got things things rolling again, and then we took over the lead. And then, of course, you guys just marched right on down, get the lead back. And then we had this this last last ditch effort, last drive where we drove all the way down there to like the seven. And then one of our guys gave up a sack, and it was over. Yes, uh, it was uh, like a play action pass, and yeah. Derek Barnett got the sack he like cost yes. andrew luck your tackle was pretty young the right tackle he was a guy that wasn't supposed to be playing because yeah. our 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 tackles the first the first like six games of the year we were rotating through like four different fourth string tackles yeah it was bad because our first string guys were both out our second string guys were both out we're now like activating dudes off practice squad who was and the first string that year um that that year was uh it was gonna be jack muhort and then Mewhort, he retired yeah. he retired in the middle of the camp then it was joe hag wait wait, wait, wait hold on we gotta talk about this ohio state buckeye right? how does it how does one retire in the middle of camp how does that go is it like 
did you stop and talk to all the guys and say i'm out like uh no it was actually awesome uh you know he he had been hurt hurt a lot over the over the previous couple of years and um uh you know when i came came in i i i got pretty close close with him and uh and you know we're talking about you know instilling an attitude and a philosophy in our room and and then we get in the camp and i'm you know we're starting fights and what was awesome was he was right there with with me at every step of the way every time i started a fight the next play he would start a fight and i'm just like yes this is awesome Mm -hmm. so so the first first scrimmage comes and just fights everywhere we're having a blast it's like muddy raining out uh all the fans are there watching us just be idiots the next day he wakes up he comes to my room he goes I can't do this anymore. I hurt so bad and I can't get past how bad I hurt. Yeah. I got to be done. It was just pain. Yeah. And, and I was like, all right, well, we'll, we'll just, just give it a little bit of time. I mean, today is an off day. Let's, you know, <laughs> yeah. get in the hot tub, get in the cold tub, you yeah. know, ice and stem. So, so then we get to the next day, we roll out to practice. We roll out to individual drills. As soon as individual drills is over, he just turns and walks off the field. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so he did give it a chance. Good for him. Yeah. Holy shit. All the way through Indy. I am so, and I'm also, I'm also, uh, envious of him. Like, you know how many times I've had that thought and I was just too big of a, a, a wuss to do it, you know? Like yeah. good for him. That's the master of his own destiny. That's that's a guy yeah. you can guy's got balls. And then he and then he got a Peloton bike and he weighs like two hundred and ten pounds now. Probably happier than he's ever been in his life. Yeah. Let yeah. me can I go Anderson Silva before we get to fears real oh, quick? Oh. Anderson Silva, anybody that can kick you to death or like unconscious scares me. If your choice instead of like punching somebody is to be able to kick them in the face, you scare me. Kicks, yeah, kicks are a real problem because you you don't prepare in a, in a regular fight. Like if you get into it at the bar or something, somebody's you you, you anticipate a punch, most generally a right hand punch, Ooh. never a never a friggin' Timberland <clears throat> vanilla Timberland to the face. No, and your leg Anderson and your Silva. legs are almost twice as long as arm ar- arms are. Yeah, they don't move as fast uh, well, as dude, far as strikes go. His, but his man, dude. the reach, the reach is insane. And he's probably got on like a nice Gucci loafer, never been worn. And the corners of those motherfuckers are probably just sharp and hard. The spiky, uh, the spiky. Oh, the, the, the yeah, the, the, the guys were wearing yeah. at the end of my career there in the locker Fer- room. Ferragamo Ferragamos. shoes. I, I'm embarrassed that I know that. God, I'm actually slow. very impressed. They put that on the fire board, Slaw. <laughs> <laughs> is that a fine put it up put it up let's go let, let's go let's go fears i mean we pretty much did football players and fighters i mean the list could go on kyle you said you you earlier you said albert bell that's a great call out in baseball uh i'm not really afraid of baseball players but i Al- fear larry bird larry bird is not somebody who would who would say uncle in any situation i feel like i just think he's a scary looking motherfucker and he's from indiana he's from i think french lick bro from Indiana, and he just mm. was really good at basketball. Yeah, but he also was like a way bigger asshole than anybody like grew up realizing until they were older. I just don't. I never thought of when I was a teenager, Larry Bird, 
was the biggest dickhead on any court. <clears throat> yeah, dude. He was like notoriously just a fucking prick in like the most like respectable way. I like um, that about him. Yeah, I do too. Uh fears. Let's go fears here, Kyle. <laughs> I'll start. Snakes, I can't do snakes. I mean yeah. I'm just not into snakes. Is that is that like too chalky? Snake <clears throat> Snakes that feel like they were in the Bible, you know, they're the biblical. Yeah, they, thing we were warned. <laughs> we were warned. Also, yeah. like, do not mess with snakes. Yeah, snake owning, like where, like snake owners. We get it. Oh, yeah, I was we, we get it. I was driving home from wrestling practice tonight with with my two boys, and uh, and they were talking about what they wanted to ask Santa for for Christmas. And they kept going for pets. And one of them said, I want a snake. Get the said, heck Absolutely out of the car. not. You're you are not having a snake. Dude, <laughs> those things stop stink. The car. They're disgusting. Get no, it ain't happening. You know, the you're snake, getting a dog. There's a there's a there's a snake that's not indigenous to Florida, and it is currently destroying the ecosystem there. Isn't it pythons? Yeah, it's yeah, just like a ball python, I guess, right? Well, you know, pet owners get them when they're baby pythons, six feet, and then they're like twenty feet python, and they just leave them out in the Everglades or whatever, and they they overpopulate and they destroy all the ecosystem. It's their Snake. habitat now, Kyle. I'm not. I'm never. I'm never moving to Florida for Fuck sure. Fuck no, dude. And I really, I'm not against like I'm. You know, I'm so against discrimination of any type and all that stuff. I mean, obviously, it goes without saying. But people who own snakes should not be allowed to vote. They shouldn't be able to get loans. They shouldn't. I mean, fair housing, nothing. No snakes in New Zealand. I don't think. Uh, good for New Zealand. New Zealand's got a lot of things figured out right now. Yeah, not a snake guy. Kyle, what are you afraid of? Man, I'm afraid. You know. Honestly, I'm afraid of uh, aging, like fast as shit, or just the awareness of how old I grow day by day. Yeah, it uh, sucks. The nose the hairs start thing, coming out. The other thing is like being trapped. Like when Han Solo got in the door, like the... the mm -hmm. When he was cryogenically frozen. You can't move anything. Like imagine if you were in like a, a steel armor that was just, you were form fitted to it. You couldn't move anything. You could That's breathe. That's got to grip you every day walking around because that can happen to anybody anytime. That's fear. They might Han Solo your ass. You could just be walking on the street. <laughs> That's what makes it so scary is the likelihood that it happens. I mean, it could happen. Walk into the, 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 beer, the beer store, walk into the back fridge area, and then all of a sudden a little like uh, alien dude's like, oh, get in the fucking freezer. And you're, I just, Kyle, I mean, it's, it's just a scary prospect, and that's what makes it scary. I mean, everybody, I, everybody knows a guy who got forcefully cryogenically fears, frozen. Fears, heights, uh, definitely heights. Uh, I'm not like a natural disaster fear guy. People are afraid of like earthquakes and shit. Like that doesn't, that doesn't make me, um, I would say animals, predatory animals. Uh, there was a hawk the other day I was playing golf. It was in the tree. It was clearly his tree and we were on the tee box and the thing was eyeing me up and literally I took two practice swings and it was really fucking tripping. And when I lined up over the ball, I was looking at him, looking at him. He was looking at me. I lined up over the ball, took my backswing. Right when I pulled the club back, 
he swooped down at me. Big hawk. I mean, big hawk. Big man. hawk. Big, big hawk coming down. Just right smack. Just a big old hawk. It diverted paths. So I guess what I'm saying is birds. Predatory Kyle, birds. It's on my list. Kyle, you're not crazy. And I don't need them to be predatory. If you chase me on the beach with a sandwich, I want to beat you up because there's seagulls Oof. everywhere. I can't fucking stand seagulls. I would probably pet a black bear before I would hold a bird. I had a goose attack me on a golf course once. That uh, shit is for real. Yeah, and those things are not small. <laughs> and uh, I I was rolling up to the green with 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 my wedge and my putter in my hands because I didn't hit it on the green. So I'm just off the green, and I didn't know that uh, in one of the bunkers a goose had bu- built a, a nest in there and had its eggs in there. So I come rolling up to do my thing, and apparently I got too too close. And this dude runs up to me, lifts off, and is like like two yards away from me, just flapping and hissing, like in the air, levitating. I'm face to face. He was with trying this to goose. just big dick you, bro. Get get you out of his territory. I had my wedge in one hand, the putter in the other, and I am swiping like they are battle axes going, I'm about to put a goose down on a golf course. Holy right shit. Now. Have you seen the curb episode? No. Oh my God. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm going to yeah, send yeah, you yeah. the episode. All right. It's an iconic it episode, dude. Like the I, black swan. The black the black swan. swan. I fucking, we'll, 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 I'm going to get it to you. It's going to change right. your life. Oh, you got to see this. I also, I am also afraid of when somebody asks you to go out to lunch, like lunches scare me. Nobody asks you to lunch unless they don't want something. I'm just telling you, there's a red flag. When somebody asks you to lunch, you say there's, there's a pandemic outside, man. Hey, really can't do lunch this week. I like to lean on the pandemic. Listen, I'm leaning on it for good reasons, Kyle, but I'm right there with you socially. It's really lunches. I don't, I don't do lunches. I'd tell you a fear I, I got, though, uh, and I've had it since I was a kid. Sharks. Fuck yeah, dude. Ever since I saw Jaws, I don't care. Anytime I'm in a swimming pool alone at night. Deep end. I think a great white shark is in the fucking pool with me. So glad you said that. It's a big pool. Slaw. Bath, bathtubs, I'm fine. But if it's bigger than a bathtub, if it's a freaking pool and it's night and I'm in there alone, I am looking. I'm like scanning the bottom of the pool. It it could be the 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 pool in the facility, like the little exercise pool with the lights off after uh, hard days of practice. I don't know if you guys had pools there at Hallis Hall, but uh, oh, yeah. you know there could be a, a I don't know about a great white, but maybe a thresher shark in there. I, you reef know, like tip. a reef tip. I mean scary dude i don't like the ocean for like for that reason i like the ocean i respect the ocean but you would not catch me dead swimming in the ocean think think about is scary think about the reality of the ocean for a second though um because uh we used to debate with jay cutler a lot because he for some reason believes that bigfoot exists that makes sense today (laughs) sorry (laughs) and my argument to to him was at least in North America, most, almost all of North America, pe- people have been. So if there was such thing as Sasquatch, there would be more evidence than what we've got. Right. But when you're talking Megalodon, how we are saying Megalodon's been extinct for 20, 20 million years or Think whatever. again. 
Um, or no, sorry. Megalodon's been extinct for like two and a half million years. So they say we have explored 5% of our ocean. Nothing. There's not 95% of our ocean where nobody has ever been. We've explored more of our solar system than we have of our ocean. Couldn't there be a Megalodon hiding somewhere in the 95%? Absolutely. I would bet the mortgage on it. Especially now with all, all the climate change stuff going on. And now that technology is getting better, we're able to dive deeper, uh, send cameras deeper. We're finding fish in our ocean that we thought went extinct 20 million years ago, and we're finding them alive and well. Damn, so dude, I'm hyped. Me- Let's go. So me- Megalodon, that's the size of a, a city bus, a bus. That is a shark. And Holy we're, sh- we're saying it, it isn't here. Um, Kyle, they I eat call, giant I call squids. bullshit on that. They, yeah, I call bullshit too. They, 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 they're eating great white sharks out there for lunch, for appetizers or dirt. They, fo- they follow around whales and just scarf up whales. Sperm whales. Yeah. Sperm whales. Scarf down the up. hatch. They swallow them. Sperm down the hatch. Yeah. 60 foot. Imagine a 60 foot great white. It's a pitcher's mound, right? Yeah. Is that the pitcher's mound distance? That's I, how I measure everything. <laughs> yeah. Six, six, 60 feet. I a mean, pitcher's mound worth of sharks. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. And oh, they do so say scary. they do say it's thought to be somewhere between sixty and a hundred feet. The, well, but, how big was the one that killed Samuel L. Jackson? <laughs> Estimated. I, Give me the estimation slot. I I, I don't know. It's all I would be irresponsible to speculate. Let's, let's but get it, down to the brass tacks here. All I know is in Jaws, that was a thirty foot great white. So we're talking about a shark at least double the size of that. It's and the so great and the, and the Jaws shark was a total pussy electrocution. <laughs> you can go well, out like which, that. Yeah, which which one are we talk, talking about here? Didn't the one, one, didn't he get electrocuted in the one? Uh, in the first one, they blew up his face. Oh, with, that was it. Yeah, yeah, with yeah, yeah, o- yeah. Oxygen tanks. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure in one he got electrocuted. Um, I don't think so. I think I got a shark movie mixed up. He got he got, he got caught on fire in Jaws. That empties the tank for me on fears, guys. You got any other ones? No, I mean, uh, I'm, I mean, obviously, home home invasion stuff is always <laughs> a thing. I mean, my my wife is constantly terrified of that. She's checking doors at all nights. I am leaving all the doors unlocked, and she gets so 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 pissed. Which street and, do you live on, Slauson? <laughs> Southwest 29th. It's in the middle of nowhere. Um, it's pretty much a count county road. It's just gravel roads everywhere around here. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I don't have that fear because every time I hear something in the night, like I said, we live in the middle of nowhere, so I can hear everything that's go- going on all the time. But if- every time there's a bump in the night. I am up out of bed in the safe, pulling shit out of there. My wife's like, what are you doing? I heard a noise. It was the wind. Oh, okay. So yeah, I, start I do the same shit back. though. I do the same shit though. I mean, like, 
But I actually locked the fucking doors and I got an alarm system and I got the whole drill. Cause I, I just, I don't, I'm not very trusting. I'm kind of a paranoid person. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and I also smoke at night. So like, you know, as much as I love being high before bed, there is a tinge of like, it's an enemy. It could be an enemy. There, yeah. I'm like, there could be uh, an enemy. Maybe somebody picked the wrong house, you know, like, cause this would be the wrong house, but maybe somebody picked the wrong house tonight. You know what I mean? I was just talking mm-hmm. to Macon about that earlier. You know where I live uh, without doxing me, Kyle. You know, like, there's so many fucking old people where I live. And you pick my house. That's got to make me feel good. You know what I mean? But I'm st- I still lock all the doors. I, I yeah. still got the alarm system. I think it's a reasonable yeah. fear. Oh, yeah. I get that. Um, but, I mean, you're saying there's a bunch of old old people uh Unfortunately, that age group is targeted a lot. I know. Fuck. That's why I got to put a sign outside like, 30, <laughs> I am not old. 30, like a picture. <laughs> I'm going to take shirtless, um, which wouldn't be that scary. I mean, because I, I don't really have that impressive of like a torso. Um, but still, shirtless pick, you know, like a slight flex. Jesus. And just put it on one of those like campaign style signs in my lawn. Like, shirtless pick of me lives here. With my face blurred out, not that anybody gives a fuck that it's me, but just to, you know, to add the anonymity, then nobody's breaking in. I think you got a great point, Slauson. Old people get targeted, not going to go to my mm-hmm. house, put a filter on there, I might look 28. More bar- <laughs> yeah. barrel. Yeah, so uh, out out here, there's not, there's not a whole lot of people being targeted out here because, for one, you live way out in the middle of nowhere, somebody comes out here to steal something they know they're getting met with a lot of guns yeah. um plus you know farmers all their money is invested in their land so yeah. so so there's just not a whole lot of stuff to come out and steal unless right. you want to come out and steal equipment and in that case i'm going to hear the equipment yeah. fire up and then i'm going to be out there with something to say yeah like clanging around and tractors and shit yeah no yeah no. I think you guys are both safe. I know that Halloween can be spooky, so I hope you guys are. Um, you guys have very peaceful weekends, no home invasions. Even though you just gave up your address on the podcast, Lawson. Um, Bring it, people. Guys, two scary dudes, but you hear that they have fears, just like everybody else. And uh, and I enjoyed running down the scariest players of all time. Matt Lawson again, out of nowhere pod with Danny Woodhead. Uh, also a legend, and Kyle Long. Yeah, Chris, always good to talk to you. CBS on Sundays is where I put a suit on and actually look like an adult, but uh, it's nice to lay back in the kitchen and bullshit with you guys tonight. Yeah, buddy, good to see you guys, man. Happy Halloween. Yeah, yeah Chris, I appreciate you having me on. I've been tracking your your podcast stuff on the social media. I love what you're doing. Thanks, man. Uh, I, I would. I would love to have you come on our show some sometime. If you home want. and home, dude. I, I owe you. I'm down one, so you just hit me up. You got my number. Get it from Kyle. Yeah, and, yeah uh, hit I got me up it. anytime. And tell Danny I said what's up too. Yep, I okay. will. All, all right, guys. Good to see you, Kyle. Man. Thanks, you, bud. So it being Halloween and all that stuff, even though Macon hates it, I do want to do the paranormal thing. I'm sure every podcast in America is doing it, or if people are like booking these paranormal investigators, like the ones in the movies, left and right. Because I tried last night, I called like 50 of these motherfuckers. Nobody answered. Popular time of year for them. Yeah, nobody's called me back. The people that have, actually, there's been a few, said they're booked. Um, so maybe I was a little late on the jump, but I found a guy 
last minute, Hail Mary, a guy by the name of Melvin Mangina from, I don't know if he's from Metairie or Louisiana, that's the area code down there. So, uh, without further ado, let's bring him on, just see what the fuck happens, I don't know. Real, yeah. real ghost hunter. Okay, I'm game. Okay, so here we have uh, Melvin Mangina uh, from Louisiana. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Excuse me. Um, and that's uh, Doctor. Doctor, how did you get into the ghost hunting business? I hear people always talking about it's a world out there that um, we have we have no idea uh, what's about. Um, it's it's a it's a it's things that's going on around us daily, and um, and I always used to feel this presence. And one day I realized I had a ghost in my own closet. That's where that term comes from. People, people have ghosts, skeletons. You know, it's not skeletons, it's ghosts. Oh. It, 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 hey, sir, think about it. If, a, if a skeleton's in your damn closet, sir, how the hell you ain't getting arrested? It's, some, it's something that you can't see. It's things that's around us that, that if you just sit down and you think about it and you ask yourself, how is these things happening? It's a world out here, man, that's, that's deeper than what you can ever even imagine. So can you physically see these uh, ghosts, or do you just feel them exclusively? Um, well, I have... Um, this. So this is crazy. This is like the, actually the first interview I've ever done. Um, because when I do it, people... Or when I talk about it, people look at me as a crazy guy until the results get done. Um, but I have certain equipment... Um, the training that I that I got from my sensei, those things that the things that I can't even explain to you over this phone, over this call, those things, um, it's 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 it's, it's it, it makes it. I'm I'm a hundred for hundred, sir. Who was your sensei? Sensei Leroy. Um, is one of one of the folk heroes um, down in the bayou. You, you, if it was ever anything, ever anything that from from those from those dark those dark places where people go to, he could pull them out of. Them. Um, it, it's 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 he, he was something special, man. He he taught me the um, not only how to make a living, but how to cure people. And what's the worst case that you've that you've encountered where somebody is in need of a cure? The worst is like it's scary, you know. When you gotta like bring bring the ghost out of them, bring a spirit out of them, you know. Um, is it, somebody is it usually a str- is it a struggle to bring the spirit out of them? Do you have to shake them? Um, oh man, uh, some some you talking about four or five day rituals. But it's some, some you're talking about 15 minutes. Doctor, some people say that cucumbers taste better pickled. Uh, well, I, I don't really eat cucumbers, pickled cucumbers, uh, unless you're just talking about a damn deal pickle, sir. But um, we're here to talk about ghosts, we're here to talk about pickles. Right. Doctor, I'm sorry. No problem. He has some to think about. He has a very privileged sense of humor, don't he? He does. He is very privileged. He maybe hasn't seen some of the things you've seen, so he doesn't take Halloween so seriously. He doesn't believe in ghosts. Uh, I'll be forthright on that. Convince him. What's the weirdest you put? You know, some of 
these rituals take six days, right? Okay. How about no, a I'm weird a case that you'd have to see I to got, believe? I got one. I got one for you. So, um, it was this uh, this woman. Uh, she called me about her husband, and um, she realized. He um, he had an issue, and it was beyond anything she's ever seen. So when I get to talking to her husband, he tells me um, about he, he just starts telling me about this relationship he has, and then I I, I I instantly knew that this man was in love with a ghost, a, rom- and, a romantic. I said, let me explain something to you. You tell me you want the story, I'm going to give it to you. So he goes and um, he starts telling me the story. And uh, he tells me since he turned by the age of nine, um, he hears get up every night. And then it's a whisper. It's a soft, sensual whisper, you know. And what happened is this ghost and this man spirits then became one. So he goes down, he sits in a chair, and somehow on TV, a porn comes up. And and, it, and he and this person, in this whatever movie it is, they they have intimate relationships to the point that he wouldn't even stop making love to his own wife. Wait, so, so he was masturbating or fucking a ghost? Um, Listen, sir, I'm about to explain something to you. I'm not done. So his wife says uh, he gets out of bed. So this is how she calls me. This is how she finds out about it. He says he gets out of she gets out of bed because she hears her husband, you know, having relations, and his, her sister just started living with him. So the first thing she thinks is, "Oh, my husband and my sister are having an inappropriate relationship." So she goes downstairs, and when she looks at him, he's looking at the TV, and he is clearly intimate with something because the TV was completely blank, and he was staring directly into it. It wasn't until I had to shake him and wake him up, and he came out of it, and he was just embarrassed, and he said he needed help. How did you know he was... Was he... Did he have um? Did he have an erection? So, uh, I mean, we didn't get to that point, you know. Um, but um, it, it, so, I end up going to the house. Um, I did one of the. Um, if you ever want to see if you got a, a horny ghost or a, a ghost that um, a ghost is very sexually. Yeah, active. how do we know if if doctor? How do we know? If we have a shot with the ghost, no, I'm not saying a shot with the ghost. But you know, if you want to know if you got a ghost that's very promiscuous, um, and those are normally the ghosts from the past. You know, the one, uh, the ones who, uh, who who goes chase it, and not, and you know, not not the um, classier woman. You know, um, street, if you put street sugar on the, no, 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 the ghost. You put some sugar on the ground, right? And you put some blood around it. And if you didn't know, blood is one of the things that we put around us so we don't come into contact with the ghosts. Because ghosts can be dangerous. So um so you don't come into contact with the ghosts. 
But if if if, if, if that if that if that uh, ghost come over that blood to get to that sugar, she'll do anything for what she wants. That's when you know you got your horny one. And you got to get rid of them because they're the worst. That's the worst ghost you can have. So if they cross the blood into the sugar. Doctor, how do you get rid of a ghost? <sighs> you know what? I, that's something that I don't really like to talk about, really. Um, you know, if if you ask me, can we possibly potentially one day go on a... Um, we go down to the bayou and uh, and you go on the, and 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 you and you want to go with Doc and watch me go heal somebody. That's another thing. But down here, the ghost population is so strong that the first time I tell you one of my tactics, not everybody trying to duplicate it, and I'm making these people money. Right. So right. I'm saying right now, if there's anybody out there who need to get rid of a damn ghost, you come and hit me up. You got, I got you. Yeah, um, Doc, that makes that makes perfect sense. He's feel, running did, a business. No, yeah. I yeah, we don't want to we don't want you to give your secrets away. Doctor, are ghosts your clients too? Do ghosts come to you to perform any sort of action or is it just people in this realm? Um no, um no. right now I'm I'm in a business of trying to get out rid of all these damn ghosts. I know I don't supposed to say nothing, but um if my proposal that's getting viewed right now by somebody who's uh, in the head of state, somebody who I believe in, somebody who's taking my ghost policy serious, if he's if he's talking like he's going to talk, and I know he's not talking to get my vote because I was able to sit at the I was at the seat, able to sit at the table with this man, and he said, man. This could have a lot to do with climate control. Man, this dude could have a lot to do with the coronavirus. Come on, man. These damn ghosts, man, bring these damn viruses over here, man. You know, you, a, 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 a China drug, she came from that. She came from the other world, man. We got to get rid of these ghosts to get rid of this, get, get rid of this damn virus. The ghosts ain't doing that, but it's, it's just creating more ghosts. Doctor, we're up against a... Uh a presidential election here in this country. Do you have any views uh, politically, sir? Well, right now I'm just voting for people who's willing to see my change. And President Trump right now brought me to the table. And I know he didn't bring me to the table just to talk. He brought me to the table and he was serious about my policies. I got a whole group of people around me who believe in what I'm saying. And President Trump is willing to, to listen to me right now. Right now, he's willing to listen to me. A ghost got there. Let me in the house. Had a two-hour conversation with me. So right now, I ain't it ain't about who I'm voting for. It's about who's gonna who's gonna help me put my policy in place. My ghost policy that he's going to help me to create one of the best task force ever because he believes in me. He looked at me in my eyes and he said, William. And he said, Melvin. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, is it going to be called the ghost force? The ghost force? 
that, that's actually crazy. It is called the Ghost Force. Um, um, and the Ghost Force will make castles go up, but also bring them back down. Because in order to do what I want to do, we got to raise taxes just a little. And then I know that goes against everything we we go against dealing with the with the Trump of the world. But also, he's willing to say once we handle this, this is a six month process, sir. Getting rid of all the ghosts. The ghosts would take six months to get rid of. Once once we get this policy in order, mass. What's a mass? You you see the man got to believe in what I'm telling them. When I'm telling telling them that now we see that the coronavirus is airborne. How you think they're getting moved around? It's the ghost energy that's carrying this damn thing. And if we don't get it together, the ghost is the worst virus you can have. Mm-hmm. Mm. And if we don't get rid of these ghosts, man, mm. man, mm. 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 scary place. Last days, Doctor. I, uh, I happen to know that Chris had a very meaningful mentor in his life uh, named Barry, who recently passed on. Is there any way that you could help Chris connect with Barry one more time, just to say goodbye? Um, how old was Barry? Barry was sixty-two. How would you like to connect with him one last time? I want to play a game of pickup basketball with Barry. That's what he would want to do. Uh-huh. So what we have to do is um, we have to get with each other and we have to call on Barry. Barry! Barry! And once you call on him and he hears your cry, Barry will Barry come back. And then you got to believe you see Barry. And the, the more you believe, the more, the more Barry will come. The more Barry will come. And if you want, and if you want uh, the Barry to keep coming, what you do is you ask Barry, hey, Barry, I just need, I just need to, just to touch the ball one more time, Barry. Barry. Please allow me, allow me, Barry, to just be in your presence one more time, Barry. And Barry will come back. And during that process, you can be like, man, my boy's balling again. That's beautiful. That's moving. Anything else before you you let you go? No, uh, I'm about to let you guys go. Doctor, thank you. Stay blessed and uh, wear your mask. And if you feel something tickling on your feet at night, hit me.